Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Athelsford Planning Committee meeting for the 10th of February. Um, two or three points of housekeeping before we start, please. Um, we're not expecting a fire drill, so if the bells ring, please make your way down through the double doors and assemble on the green in front of the building. Uh, make sure your mobile phones are switched off, please. And members, we're recording this meeting, so please make sure your microphones are on before you speak. Thank you. Um, apologies and declarations of interest, Adam. Uh, there are no apologies for absence. Any interest declarations, members? Nope, fine, thank you. Minutes for the previous meeting have been circulated. They're on your iPads. Um, can I sign those as a true record? Three. Thank you, and I shall do. Uh, matters arising, running through by page number, page five, six, Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen, and finally fifteen. Thank you very much. The first item of business on the agenda today is application UTT one five stroke two seven four six. Its details following outline approval. Sorry, Council, Chair, I should Council have mentioned it before. I actually do know the uh, landowner, but I know it's been sold on to the developer, so I don't actually think I need to declare an interest, but I thought I would, just in case. Thank you. That's a non-pecuniary, and that's noted. Thank you. Uh, so it's... Yes, Councillor. I, I also know the applicant, too. I haven't spoken to him for years, but I do know Thank you. That's noted too. Anybody else before we go on? No? Right. So it's details following grant of outline uh, approval and uh, Mrs Shoe-Smith will take us through this one. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. The application before us for, is for reserve matters relating to the appearance, uh, landscaping layout and scale um, of the application relating to Walpole Farm um, off Cambridge Road just out north of Stansted. The reserve matters is for 147 dwellings, um, 600 square metres of B1 office space, seven full-size allotments and community woodlands with associated works. The detailed scheme um, shows the location of um, the offices. Which is located here. Um, a breakdown of the office accommodation is uh, highlighted in section 3.8 of the officer's report, uh, which is on page 19. The offices uh, will be in an agricultural style barn with a courtyard um, having a height of 8.8 metres in height, uh, with the provision of 19 car parking spaces, including two disabled and cycle stands. I will go through the, um, the appearance of the um, buildings in a second. Uh, the proposed housing itself will be fundamentally located within the second field um, of the site, which is located here 
onwards to the west of the site. A vast amount of open space is also proposed um, forming the forecourt to the development located around here. Um, together with this, a, um, a locally equipped area of play is proposed, which is proposed here, and the seven full-size allotments, which will be an extension to the existing allotments on the south southwest corner of the site, which is located here. Together with that, 10 parking spaces are proposed to serve this part of the scheme, uh, together with cycle stands. The community woodland area is proposed in the uh, northwest corner here, with um, an element of um, cycle stands and a disabled parking space. As part of the scheme, um, two options for um, education provision land here and here, option one and option two, have been highlighted uh, within the uh, plan um, which, is, um, which will be made available to Essex County Council of which they would need to show a preference of which land um, they would want to take up. That's um, secured within the Section 106 agreement that forms part of the outline consent. Within the scheme as well, a number of pedestrian footpaths and cycle paths have been incorporated in and around the site, which would allow to cycle from the main road through the site. There's a cycle path that runs through the proposed village green here and can be accessed onto Pen Pennington Lane, which is the only exit onto Pennington Lane which is being proposed. Around the site there are existing pedestrian footpaths um, which will be remaining and incorporated within the scheme with other footpaths in and around the play area as well as the other informal um, open spaces which are being proposed. A comprehensive landscape scheme, which is uh, the plan which is before us, um, is being proposed. The main hedgerows and tree belts along the perimeter of the site are proposed to be retained and enhanced with gaps within the hedge, hedges to be infilled. And this is also proposed along the main hedgerow along Pennington Lane here to be thickened up and along Cambridge Road here as well. With regards to the um, residential element um, of the scheme, um, this will provide a density of 33 uh, dwellings per hectare. On pages 20 to 23 in section 3.13 um, of the report, it shows a breakdown of all the proposed housing mix. The table shows all of the plots apart from plot B63 complying with garden and car parking space standards. However, since the writing of the report, this plot has been amended to address the um, shortfall in parking. So the whole scheme is now car parking compliant and um, garden size compliant in accordance with the Essex Design Guide. The back-to-back -back distances uh, between the dwellings within the site and in relation to the existing dwellings on the surrounding site, particularly to the um, south, um, meets again Essex Design Guides in terms of a minimum of at least 25 metres uh, to avoid any form of overlooking. Also as part of the scheme, 40% affordable is provided uh, within the site with eight bungalows forming the 5% wheelchair accessible housing. This again is in accordance with policy in the section 106 which was um, agreed as part of the outline application. Dwellings will vary in size, scale, design and appearance. Um, I will go through the street scenes. Oh, here we go. Um, 
This is an example of what the street scenes would look like in terms of the dwellings. Again, showing a variety of sizes. Um, the sizes of the dwellings will range from 5.15 metres for the bungalows to 10.3 metres uh, for the two and a half storeys, which will be um, a minimal number of units, which will be two and a half storeys, which will be scattered around the site. Um, if I show you, actually. To give you an idea, the dwellings which are highlighted in a dark red, I don't know if you can just about see them, those are the ones which are proposed to be two and a half storeys. You can see there are a few of those and are scattered uh, well around and within the site itself. The consultation responses um, are fully outlined within pages 30 to 42 of the report and within the supplementary which have been circulated. Issues surrounding drainage and landscaping have been addressed with all objections being removed from the statutory consultees. The scheme's design is acceptable and fully policy compliant. Approval is therefore recommended subject to conditions outlined on page 49 to 51 with the following amendments. Condition 7 uh, should read at the end and shall be provided if education land option 1 is selected. Condition 10 should also read at the end and unless otherwise agreed in writing by the local planning authority in consultation with Essex County Council Highways Authority. And the addition of a, an extra condition, um, prior to the commencement of any development, details of landscape stroke boundary treatment for the southern boundary of education land option one or western boundary for education land option two um, for the ECC education non-preferred sites shall be submitted to and agreed by the local planning authority. Thereafter, the scheme shall be implemented in accordance with the approved details together with the scheme's overall landscaping scheme. This is to cover if, for example, option one is not taken up, that a boundary treatment is agreed um, to, put, to form a, um, a treatment and about buffer between the residential and the open field. And likewise, if um, option two is not taken, that the western boundary here, that boundary is agreed as well. Um, other than that, um, the scheme is recommended for approval. Thank, Thank you, Mrs. Shrewsmith. Um, we haven't got Councillor Sell here. He has uh, sent his apologies. He will not be speaking, having met us today. Um, our first speaker is a local resident, Mr. Woodcock. Do you have three minutes, Mr. Woodcock? Um, my statement is just one half page of A4. Um, I'm Ray Woodcock, a resident of Stanston Mount Fidget and a volunteer member of the Stanston Mount Fidget Neighbourhood Development Plan Committee. My subject is flooding. I'm also a first-tier flood warden. This statement is restricted to the proposed SUDS feature. It is proposed that the surface water from the development is temporarily stored in a SUDS feature which is then drained um, into the Ugly Brook. Ugly Brook continues south, running parallel with Gorlin Lane. It then enters the Lower Street culvert before joining Stansted Brook. On the 7th of February 2014, Lower Street and Gorlin Lane flooded. That early morning, flood water entered 15 properties, damaging all, some very badly. 
Following this flood, another resident and I researched the issue quite independently and wrote separate detailed reports which were sent to the Environmental Agency, Stansted Malfitted Parish Council and UDC Flood Officer in 2014. Evidence confirms that this part of our village flooded in two, the year 2000, 2013, 2014 and twice in 2001. As a result of the 2014 flood, the Parish Council re-established the Flood Action Group. Consequently, a flood alert warning system was installed on, in November 2015, close to the Uglybrook culvert mouth. This alarm system operated for the first time on the 11th of January 2016 at 3.40 in the morning. Two lower Lower Street residents and I were woken by the alarm system, the telephone alarm system. We immediately went to Gorlin Lane, Colvert, and continually cleared the debris using that big fork thing, uh, which is at the back there, pretty heavy. Um, uh, cleared the debris being washed by the extremely strong flowing of um, Ugly Brook. We prevented the banks of Ugly Brook being badly breached and Lower Street being flooded. Gorlin Lane was flooded. Um, the flow of water in um, the Ugly Brook was so strong that it snatched that, um, that fork from my hand and it's somewhere now on the way to, to the Thames. Um, as you know, Stansted Mount Fitchett has been identified as the Athelsford village in, in most need of a long-term solution for flooding. The environment the Environment Agency has invested £40,000 researching this issue and published two reports yesterday, the 9th of February. They are dated January 2016. I read both draft reports about four weeks ago. They are titled Stansted Mount Fidget Flood Alleviation Scheme and Stansted Mount Fidget Natural Flood Management Assessment. My request to this committee is that the decision on SUDS part of the application is deferred until the proposed SUDS ponds are redesigned and enlarged from the 1,700 cubic metres to take flood capacity from Ugly Brook in times of high rainfall. This would provide real betterment for the whole area. The community benefits, it would prevent the area where the new roundabout will be from flooding, enabling emergency vehicles to enter this new settlement. Um, this is uh, this part of the 1383 floods very frequently. The enlarged suds feature would allow, under high flows, um, ugly brook water to flow into the suds and thereby reduce the flow um, further downstream. If this attenuation is sufficient, it would help to alleviate flooding in Gorlen Lane and Lower Street. It is my view that approval of the SUDS design should be delayed until Environment Agency reports have been considered. A complete picture can then be ass assessed um, to establish the appropriate size of the flood features. I'm prepared to take questions um, um, and discuss the issue as a matter of urgency. Um, Mr Chairman, um, I have given a copy of my statement uh, to Bore Homes representatives. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Burkhardt. And our other speaker is the agent, Nikki Parsons. And you too have three minutes. Thank you. 
Thank you, Chair. The details before you have been the subject of pre-application discussions with the Parish Council and the District Council, and you will no doubt recall the pre-application presentation made to yourselves. The details proposed have remained faithful to the outline scheme that so impressed this committee when it granted outline consent. The reserve matters have not sought to water down the promises made at outline stage or indeed at the subsequent pre-application stage. The same high-quality design has been maintained across all units and extensive areas of open space have been retained in the layout. So too is the office building and the education land. As you've heard, the scheme complies with the design standards set out in the Essex Design Guide and indeed the emerging highway standards that are due to come in force soon. It also meets the parking standards and includes visitor parking throughout the site. Landscaping has always been a key driver of design and layout at this site and the applicant has worked hard with your landscape officer to come up with a scheme that your officer describes as a simulating the development into the existing landscape. The applicant has also responded positively to the parish council comments where these have not conflicted with your landscape officer. And I should say here, Chair, that the detailed design proposals that Mr Woodcock was mentioning are not part of this application. They are not before you for approval, but they do, of course, influence the layout. And through this application, the applicant has agreed, has agreed to increase the proposals to satisfy the new requirements of the LLFA. In brief, in brief terms, the drainage strategy helps to relieve existing flooding problems in the area by providing new drains and improvements to existing ditches. The new ponds also slow the rate that water is released into the ditch system to a far slower rate than currently exists. The result is a strategy that helps to address existing problems rather than just ensure it doesn't make those problems worse, which is the usual approach. As explained in the officer report, the scheme before you complies with the policies of your adopted plan and the aspirations set out in your strategy. There are 59 new affordable homes for your community and all of these have been designed to match the style of the open market units. Councillors, you have before you a scheme that is without objection from statutory consultees and one that has been thoroughly assessed by your officers and found to be compliant with the relevant policies and the outline permission. The applicants are ready to implement the approved roundabout with work on the main site scheduled for later this year and first occupations anticipated in December. Members, this site forms part of your five-year land supply, which is currently quoted as being just above the minimum requirement of five years. This application provides you with the opportunity to ensure that you can preserve your stated housing supply, and you can do so in the knowledge that your officers do not consider there to be any policy conflicts from this scheme. I respectfully urge you to accept your officers' recommendation and approve this application. Thank you, Mrs Parsons. Right, members, have we any questions of the officers at the outset? Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I have to say I'm really impressed with this scheme. Um, now, I haven't got much to say, but um, I did bring it up on site this morning about the affordable homes. And I know they're going to be pepper-potted, uh, which is good, and I'm glad they're going to be the same material as all the other houses and they won't be out on the periphery as they often are, like social outcasts or something. So, but is it possible that you could point out on the site, I have this, I have to use a magnifying glass, it's so small. Yeah, no, but that's not much bigger. If you could point out where they are going to be scattered out throughout yes, the site. Yes, the... That's changed. Red dots. Yes. Um, the red dots are affordable rent and the blue dots are intermediate shared ownership. Um, so... Oh, I can't find the cursor. Um, so there, there's a group here. There's a couple here. There's a group here, 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 along here, 
and around here. So they're in clusters of no more than 10 in accordance with policy. Yes. Sorry, can I come back? So yeah. the, the ones in the centre, if you like, These ones or, here. or out towards, that's Pennington Lane, is that? This they're is the, Pennington Lane here. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, the Cambridge Road. That is, um, they're the market houses. Yes, the ones with, um, yeah, so all the ones with the red and the blue dots are affordable housing. The ones without are open market. Oh, so they are somewhat on the periphery. On the quiet periphery, as I look at it, Pennington Lane. <laughs> well, that all the majority of the traffic in this site goes around the market house. Well, I'm, I, I wasn't worried about the noise. <laughs> I was worried about them being on the periphery. Out on the I'd, mm, I'd rather no. be at Pennington Just Lane an opinion. in the middle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You've yeah. got a couple here that are overlooking the, um, the informal kickabout area as well. Any other Comments, uh, Councillor Mills. Could you just clarify exactly how the agreement will work with the office unit? The under the 106, um, I don't know the actual details with the council itself, but it's been agreed that um, that will be um, let to the council a peppercorn rent for a period of 10 years. I think. Um, Christine has got a copy of the 106 there in terms of the details but then it will be down to us who we agree can rent those units from. from and us. what happens after the 10 years? After the 10 years um, that would I'd imagine revert back to um, the management company. Oh, uh, Councillor Lodge. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm struggling with the with the suds and the and the flooding, and we've 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 had uh, in, interesting views. I suppose the the thing that we could ask for is that the situation is made no worse, and I understand that that is the principle of suds. There effectively was a request there from uh, a gentleman who is very closely involved with flooding in Stansted, saying. Is this going to be improvement? Is there scope for further attenuation in the Kent area that we have for the Suds Lakes? So my question is, is, is it possible then to do further negotiation with the developer on that? And, and in your view, the office's view, would that be a useful thing to do? The um, additional information uh, following consultations with Essex County Council have been submitted. Um, there's been an ongoing discussion with them. Their objection has been removed um, on the basis that these um, attenuation ponds have been increased um, to take into account the urban um, creep for the site as well. Um, so everything that has been kind of asked of the developer, it has been done. You're quite right in saying that the scheme in itself um, has to deal with what runoff comes from the site itself. It can't necessarily, it will be unreasonable to ask for it to deal with all other flood risks within, for example, Stansted. But what this scheme does as well, it, the, as part of the um, scheme, it's, um, the Ugly Brook will be diverted. And as a result, I think on page 26, um, I highlight the, um, the drainage consultant's response. Um, the ugly block will be realigned, which will lead to an increase in the bank capacity, which will in turn improve the low-lying 
lying flood risk with additional road drainage which will be proposed. Um, this is also um, additional drainage will be created as a result of the off-site works uh, for the roundabout as well but there will be drainage at the bottom of the site which will capture runoff. Um, so the site in itself it will, um, it will cater for the site and it will improve. Um, there will be some betterment as a result of the scheme as well. Thank you. I suppose that's uh, as much as we could expect technically from the developer, and that's good. I just wondered if there was scope then, in the, if it's seen that improvement is needed in the village, would there be scope for Essex to contribute to even a further improvement in that plan, and have you explored that? Um, I haven't explored it as part of the application. That would be down to um, Essex County Council, SUDS, unfortunately. But they have, as part of this application, they've uh, decreased the level um, of runoff from 1 in 10 to 1 in 1. So they have improved the level of runoff um, from the site and have enlarged the, um, the ponds which are uh, proposed as part of the scheme to, to cater for it. But, um, so there will be improvement with regards to the flooding which currently occurs down the bottom of the road on Cambridge Road. But as far as, for example, down Lower Street, that's something that would need to be addressed by county themselves. Uh, from my point of view, uh, Councillor Lodge, um, we've improved this, or the, the <coughs> developer's proposals improve the runoff from the greenfield site as it is at the moment. Um, and also the the roundabout works, as I understand it, Maria, and perhaps this is a question for you again. Um, there is currently a surface water on there that exacerbates the problems with the brook, but some of that water will be collected and coming back into our balancing ponds. So we're actually relieving what two, two existing situations and we're building in extra capacity. So I think, um, to my mind, I don't think we need to defer any decision on the SUDS. We have conditions um, that uh, make sure that no work starts until the scheme is formally approved and we would do that with consultation with um, the, the, the relevant authorities. So I don't, I don't think we need to go to a deferment on that. I'm actually very happy with that and, and I wouldn't, wouldn't dream of opposing it on that basis. It uh, just stri strikes me as an opportunity and I, I, will, I will suggest to my colleague, the county councillor for that particular district, that he pushes the county to maybe seize on a further opportunity here. Absolutely, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Councillor Freeman. Thank you, <clears throat> Thank you Chairman. Um, on the matter of suds and surface water and the like, uh, Obviously, a great deal of thought has gone into this scheme. Uh, but as far as one can tell, the dwellings are actually up an incline or on a hill even or on a slope. Can I ask of the officers, um, to what extent have porous surfaces been used? Because that's one way of ameliorating water runoff. We don't let it run off at all. You use surfaces which are porous and it goes through and finds its way through the subsoil out in the normal way, I suppose. So rather than trying to cope with runoff and having balancing ponds and underground storage systems, you actually simply make the whole thing more porous than it would otherwise be. What attempts have been, uh, this is current technology, what attempts have been made to incorporate this into this proposed new development? 
Um, well, other than the, the overall strategic drainage scheme, which would link in, um, that would feed from the residential scheme into the Suds Ponds, there would be obviously a, a slurring in, in the rate and storage tanks, I'd imagine, as part of that. Within the sites, in terms of landscaping, um, on site, I believe a number of the um, dwellings have incorporated, for example, gravel um, with membranes so to slower, well, to allow for the drainage within the sites itself. Obviously, the roads, um, the main adopted roads, need to be to adoptable standards. Um, so, those in themselves, uh, whilst the material used isn't permeable, there will be um, adoptable drainage scheme um, that 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 would need to feed into the main sub scheme as well. So there will, it will be to a standard um, on the housing scheme that would feed down into the main ponds as well off-site. You may come back. Yep. I find that quite slightly disappointing because the technology is there to greatly reduce runoff and if it hasn't been incorporated into this scheme, that's a shame. I submit in future, Chairman, we should try and encourage that. I think there may well be an issue perhaps with the substrata on this site because there is runoff onto the road so the ground gets waterlogged so in heavy flooding conditions it ain't going anywhere except a run across the surface so, uh, and the, the ponds will be picking it up and slowing down the rate into the brook. Um, this scheme as I see it as we've had the benefit as members of the council of seeing this in a couple of uh, pre-presentations prior to even granting outline consent um, and I think the detailed scheme before us um, with its connectivity to existing footpaths, the provision of cycle paths, the detailing of the buildings, the community benefits with the orchard, the open spaces, the provision of education space and the commercial activity has a lot to recommend it and it should be one that should be noted for attending to details. Um, from the Chair, I'm quite prepared to propose that we accept the recommendation for approval with the amended conditions. Is that a find a seconder? Councillor Chambers, thank you. Um, and then we shall go straight to the vote then, please. All those in favour of approval, please show. Unanimous. Thank you. That application is approved. The next item on the agenda is 4.2, which is application UTT 15-3090. It's an outline application at Elsnham, and in the absence of the case officer, uh, Mr Brown's going to take us through that one. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, this application, I think if we show you the, the site plan, just to put the site in context, um, this is part of the original Crown Estate development in, in Elsenham, uh, which uh, members will be aware that the majority of the site was approved for David Wilson Homes. We've got a, a, an issue about that later on in terms of a case. Uh, but this relates to the particular part of the site. That's better. This is the... Um, here. This is the access road going up into the David Wilson Homes development to the north with the area here which is the playing fields for Elsenham. 
This site was originally, this site here, was originally set aside as part of the development for a 55-bedroom extra care facility, and that was uh, secured within the Section 106, with an alternative if the extra care facility could not be provided and it could be proven that um, it would fall back to a 40% provision. Originally, there was a 35% provision of affordable housing on what is now the David Wilson home site and the provision of the extra care facility. As part of the process, the uh, Crown Estate did prove to us that there was not a market for an extra care facility in Elsdenham in this location. And that went through due process, uh, whereby all the necessary um, potential people that would provide extra care um, did not... did show no interest in the particular site. So therefore the particular clause of in the 106 was enacted and as a result of that the David Wilson Homes development that was, that's been approved around the site um, has secured 40% affordable housing. So therefore that leaves this site somewhat vacant as a white piece of land with no planning permissions. Um, the site adjacent to it here is the community centre Community facility, facility, community facility, which the, as part of the requirement from this particular 106 for the development was the land would be gifted along with a financial contribution to, to provide a community facility. And along with that, there's two other significant developments in Elsenham, namely the Crest, the Crest Nicholson site opposite, as well as the Hall Road development, which is now Bovis. Both those would con- contribute on a pro rata basis towards the provision of a community facility in this location and that could provide between the three developers up to uh, £1 million in terms of the provision of a a community facility. And that is still secured within that and that is not the subject of this application. In fact, what this has actually done, imagine the actual line of the the community facility actually falls inside of that. So what this has provided is the whole of that red land towards it. So it doesn't prejudice uh, the provision of the community facility whatsoever. What we're left with is this site in this location, which the developer has come forward with an outline planning permission for 20 dwellings um, with all matters reserved apart from access. And the proposed access would be using the existing access that's there with an offshoot into this particular site, provided access to the community facility on this side and the 20 houses on that side. Um, The layout is only illustrative. It's not committed. All that's done is is shown that you can can actually fit 20 houses on there. Um, The site is just over one hectare in size, so the provision of 20 houses in that particular location is a very low-density development, very much in line with the, what's been approved for the David Wilson Homes development around it. In fact, the density is lower than that, as well as the Lee, the Lee Drive development directly to the south of it. It is considered, although falling outside the development limits of Elsenham and technically in open countryside, the site is lapped on all sides by residential development. So I, don't, I do not feel that we could resist residential development on this particular location. The proposal also proposes a section 106 to actually provide the necessary contributions towards education as well as the 40% contribution towards um, um, affordable housing <coughs> in terms of provision on the site. Um, a couple of household housekeeping measures that I, I need to raise. Condition, uh, I propose a, a, an additional condition nine on the planning application, which requires lifetime homes, which has been missed off the, the recommendation, so that all the proposed, all the li- all the houses will be lifetime equivalent, and five percent will be adaptable uh, for wheelchair use, which is the standard standard that we, down, we now have to put a planning condition on there so it enacts part M of the, the building regulations. And there's one technical check change to the recommendation in terms of the Section 106. 
Um, simple bit on the bottom of page 66 clauses 2 and 3 rather than the assistant director of planning and building control having the um, the authorised to grant planning permission on at his discretion to refuse it if the section 106 that is substituted with the director of public services I think members may know why that is uh, but that, that's why that has changed uh, subject to those changes the application is recommended for approval chairman Thank you, Mr. Brown. Now we have a couple of speakers, and the first is Dr. Graham Mott. And you have three minutes, Dr. Mott. Thank you. Mr. Chairman, the planning inspector who dismissed the appeal against the refusal of 130 houses to the west of Hall Road, Elsinham, concluded that there is a five-year supply of housing. I quote, sir, from section 33 of his report, dated as recently as November 2015. His view in itself should be sufficient for the rejection of this application. Recent housing approvals in Elsinham total 550 dwellings, uh, rather than over 300, as stated in the officer's report, an increase in the size of the village of about 56%. This application would add to the 360 houses already approved with access from the same short stretch of Stansted Road. The Council's projected housing trajectory shows new homes in Elsinham constructed at the implausible rate of 160 and 150 per year up to the year 2019-2020. A care home was planned for this site. Some potential providers expressed an interest but withdrew later, giving the Elsinham location as the reason. And these applicants have apparently concluded with no supporting evidence that therefore there must be a demand for even more houses. The vast increases scheduled for Elsinham are much greater than for any of the other key villages, although Elsinham is the least suitable of these villages, particularly through the inadequacies of the road links, as was recognised by the inspector when he rejected the draft local plan in December 2014. The obvious use for this site is as a much-needed extension to the playing field and to ensure adequate parking for the playing field and for the new community building. In any event, the proposed layout is simply not viable. For instance, a visitor to houses numbered 1 to 8 would need to drive past his destination and make two right turns in order to reach the visitor parking spaces at the south of the site and then retrace his route on foot. That would not happen. Instead, the parking spaces on the main road access for the David Wilson Homes scheme would be used, making for a shortage in parking provision for that project. If this application for up to 20 dwellings were to be successful, the applicants would sell it on the basis that 20 have been agreed and the later detailed application would be for that number, however unsuitable the layout. These applicants need to provide a satisfactory layout showing how 20 houses might be fitted into the site. But I conclude, Mr Chairman, by repeating that there is a five-year supply of housing and that no demand has been shown for yet more houses in Elsinham. As a postscript, sir, to what Mr Brown said, it is clearly not the case that all sides are surrounded by residential development. If you look at the plan, it's probably only about 20%. Mr Chairman, sir, I thank you and the committee for your attention. Thank you. Thank you, Dr Mott. Our next speaker is from the Parish Council, and that's Councillor Petrina Lees. And you two have three minutes, Councillor. Thank 
Graham's already put his points down about why it's 20 houses and should we need them or should we not. The Parish Council doesn't want to get into those debates. We've had those debates with you on numerous occasions. What we would like to see is if you are minded to say yes, could we, for once, be innovative? Could we be forward-thinking? Could we do something a little bit different? Is that a little bit too much to ask? Maybe. What we want, if you're reminded to go ahead, what the village wants is we would like some bungalows. We keep asking for bungalows, our residents ask for bungalows, and in fact at the consultation for Crown Estate, numerous people ask for bungalows. And I happen to know that because I have 55 emails to tell me that that's what they did. So if you are minded and you are going to go ahead with it, could you be forward thinking? If it's not within policy, then make it within policy. And I'd just like to quote Crown Estate's website, which says, I'm sorry, I have to get my phone out. We want our customers and communities to have confidence in us, to believe that the hallmark of the Crown Estate is trust. That is how we attract the best customers and how we're able to work with the best partners. It is also why integrity is go to the heart of how we do business. We asked Crown Estates for bungalows, begged them really, and they said, we've listened, and we are going to increase your bungalows 100%. Isn't that marvellous? That's one bungalow to two. Please think about being a little bit different. Think about being full of initiative. Think that this council wants to deliver what people want. We have 500 houses already. We have a 900-house community. We're asking you for 20 bungalows for our elderly people to live. There is a demand. There is a want. Please on this occasion, be forward-thinking. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Councillor. And our last speaker is the agent, Alistair Henderson. Under our rules, Mr Henderson, I can give you six minutes. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chair. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Alistair Henderson. Uh, I act as the planning consultant for the applicant, the Crown Estate. Um, as we've already heard this afternoon, uh, the application site sits within a larger parcel of land uh, for which outline planning permission was granted in 2013 for 155 dwellings, a 55-unit extra care facility uh, and a community building. Uh, during 2014, a marketing exercise confirmed that there was no interest from outside par parties to deliver the extra care element of the scheme uh, and the Council's planning officers have confirmed this in writing and therefore an alternative form of development is sought on the land originally envisaged for the extra care facility. Uh, the principle of development for this site has therefore been established via the 2013 permission. Uh, I now turn to some of the key issues raised both at today's committee uh, and in written responses to the application. Uh, in terms of the community facility, um, just to be clear, the community facility does not form part of this planning application. Uh, the section 106 for the original outline permission on this site safeguarded an area for the community building and this remains in force. Uh, however, in addition to the original land, uh, the Crown Estate has now confirmed that it is willing to increase this area from 0.19 acres to 0.47 acres to facilitate a larger community building and increased parking area. Uh, in terms of the mix of units, uh, this will be confirmed at the reserve matters stage, as we've already heard, this is an illustrative scheme that's in before you this afternoon. Um, however, the illustrative scheme shows how an indicative mix of units can be provided on site, and it includes two bungalows, uh, which equates to 10% of the total proposed housing. Uh, this level is in excess of the UDC housing strategy paper that was produced in 2012, which requires 5% of the total units to be for one or two bedroom bungalows. 
Uh, in terms of the attenuation basin, uh, this will be constructed as part of the consented Stansted Road development. It provides ample drainage for the 155 unit scheme, this application for 20 units and also for the future provision of the community building. A management company will also be put in place to provide regular maintenance of this basin. In terms of car parking provision, uh, this will also be fixed at the reserve matter stage. Uh, the current master plan shows 53 parking spaces, which exceeds the Essex County Council's parking standards by over 10%. And in terms of traffic movements, the application submission demonstrates that a scheme of up to 20 units would have less impact than the already approved scheme for the 55 extra care units, and the County Highways team has confirmed that there is no objections to this application. Overall, we consider that the proposal provides a positive alternative to the originally envisaged extra care facility. Uh, and in conclusion, I'd just like to note a few points. There have been no technical objections raised by any of the statutory consultees. The provision of housing will contribute to UDC's uh, five-year housing land supply requirements in a sustainable location adjacent to an approved residential development. Economic benefits arise in the longer term with future residents contributing to the local economy by providing custom to local shops and services. And, and the heads of terms for the Section 106 secure 40% affordable housing provision, ensure that open space will be provided and transferred appropriately and provides for adequate ongoing maintenance of the drainage area. And finally, the revised scheme allows a significantly extended area for the community building to be built on. With these points in mind, we would respectfully ask members to follow your officer's recommendation to approve the application proposals before you this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Henderson. Okay, members, it's over to you now. Any comments or questions? Councillor Lachlan. Me again. Yeah, first um, off the block again. <laughs> Well, I did have some concerns, I've now got others, um, because, um, oh, I've lost my track, do you ever do that? Pardon? <laughs> do what? <laughs> senior moment. Oh, hang on, senior moment. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm back. Um, yeah, the uh, care home, it does, I've always thought it was a bit strange to ask for a care home with no end user in sight, then market it for six months and then put 20 houses on it. You know, anyone who's a bit sceptical, and of course I'm not, would think that that was going to happen anyway. Um, but having listened to the parish council, who spoke with such passion, we do consult the parish councils and then tend to ignore them. It happens all the time. Parish council have quite clearly today told us what they wanted. But we all know that bungalows will take up more room than houses, which equals less profit for the developer. So I think perhaps we ought to, well, I would like to, and I don't know if any of the other members of the committee would support me, perhaps defer this to perhaps see if there's some way that we could increase the number of bungalows, which it seems are the whole um, a population of Elsinore actually wants, rather than something that is going to be foisted upon them. So could I make that as a recommendation that we defer that, that uh, this could come back uh, with perhaps uh, another scheme? I yeah. just put that to the committee. Can I do that, please? You, will you put it through me? Are you requesting a deferment on the basis you'd like a renegotiation on the proposed housing mix? Yes, please. Does that find a seconder? Uh, seconded by Councillor Fairbrass, so there'll be no more discussion. We'll go to the vote. All those in favour of deferment for that given reason, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six. And those against? One, two, three, four. So the matter is deferred for further negotiations on the housing mix. Thank you.
The next item on our agenda, item 4.3, is application UTT stroke 152606. Its details following outline approval at Clavering and Mr Alana will take us through this plane. Thank you. Good afternoon, Chair. The application before you this afternoon is relating to a reserve matter. The application site is marked the boundaries mat on red as shown above. This, this particular site was considered previously by planning committee. Um, the application related to the outline application that was refused by planning committee for the erection of 13 dwellings with all matters reserved. The appeal was allowed and an award of course against the council for unreasonable behavior resulting in unnecessary or wasted expense because the appellant received no justification for the sum of money requested towards the committed some for the lo local space area. Today, the application before you is to determine whether the details of the reserve matter, such as access, scale, layout, appearance, affordable and housing mix, and landscaping details, whether they are considered acceptable. The issue, therefore, the access is proposed via Stutford Road, which forms part of the western boundary of the development details as shown above. Details of the access are shown in the, the committee report. Report are considered acceptable subject to the recommended condition from Essex County Highway Engineers. In terms of scale, layout and appearance, the proposed layout, scales and appearance and elevation mirror the character and design of new computer residential dwelling and others still under construction. The distance from each proposed dwelling to others are considered acceptable because it will not lead to intrusion of privacy or overlook, overshadowing. Details of external materials has been conditioned. <coughs> the mix of the dwellings housing agreed through section 106 are detailed in the committee report. The six affordable housing agreed through section 106 include plots one, three, and 12. That will be considered as three bed. Plots two, four, and 13 will be two bed. Although not part of this, this is not part of the consideration to this application. 
The applicant has raised some issue regarding the viability of the six affordable units as stated in the report. It is the view of your officers that the submission of that details will be presented to you in the in future. Finally, details of the proposed landscaping has been considered by the Council's landscape officer. Overall, it, is, it has been considered acceptable. In conclusion, the proposed access is considered acceptable. The design scale layout and appearance are considered acceptable. The parking arrangement comply with standard in the development plan. The proposed affordable housing and housing are considered acceptable, and the landscape details are recommended for also for approval. There are other issues probably raised in the report. Given that the site is within a groundwater source of protection zone of Newport Pumping Station, in order to safeguard such local infrastructure, the construction work should be done in accordance with the British standards and best management practices, as detailed in the committee report. Chair, I have tabled additional conditions which accompany this particular report for your consideration regarding flood scheme and wrong water evaluations. Finally, this application is recommended for approval, subject to the above conditions. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Alana. Now we have two speakers on this application, and the first is District Councillor, Councillor Oliver. And as District Councillor, you have five minutes. Thank you. Jolly good. No, the original, just the original plan, the layout of the whole site, that one. Thank you. My concern, Chairman, is the entrance of that site off the, off the Stortford Road. Stortford Road is a very busy road, and that is almost a blind coming off there. It's very blind. It's in, it's in, a, it's in a de-restricted area, although I suspect hopefully the Essex might do something about that. But anybody coming out of there or going in there is quite likely for an accident. I know there's a view in the village that we should have a small roundabout there, but I suspect Essex will not be able to provide that. They won't have the money. And if one sees the house below, the bottom house, you'll see that is very close to the boundary and that is going to make that almost a blind corner. And I would really ask you to give some consideration or ask, and no doubt Essex has said they have no objections, they always do, um, give some consideration to the entrance there because otherwise I think you're creating a, blank, a, a dangerous blind entrance. Somewhat concerned by other bits of the layout, but as to what they might pretend, pretend to happen in future, especially that hammer just below two or three houses down. Are they thinking of putting some more development below? But we're not considering that, and therefore we cannot discuss that. But I would ask for consideration to be given to that junction. That's in a de-restricted area, and you've got a blind, blind corner. Thank you. 
Thank you, Councillor. And our other speaker is from the Parish Council, and that's Councillor Stephanie Gill. And you have three minutes, Councillor. Thank you. Clavering Parish Council submitted comments which do not to appear to be in the documentation, and the Council's main concerns are the new layout proposed. At the original appeal, the housing and road layout was such that the access road actually ran from the Stortford Road along the site's northern boundary down to the eastern boundary, and the houses were to be sited on the southern boundary, not with this little wiggle that we've got occurring now. The latest submission shows that wiggle and houses dotted around, and the spur road has appeared next to the open space. The Parish Council are concerned that the current village 30 mile per hour speed zone starts after the proposed access road, as mentioned by District Council Oliver. Householders will therefore be entering traffic travelling at 60 miles an hour. The proposed pavement also runs alongside that said traffic. I cannot find any details which are proposing to extend the 30 mile per hour zone. All highways comments refer to the access road serving only the 13 proposed houses. And I read the documentation, though a planning officer may correct this, that there are no raised pavements on that site. I know this isn't under consideration, as Councillor Oliver said, but to the southern boundary in the Corfer sites, there is another 10 houses in Uttlesford's Corfer sites that have been put forward. And I'll remind councillors that the development of this site that you're now discussing at the moment was, present, was allowed at appeal as UDC could not demonstrate a five-year housing supply and this site, although outside the development envelope, was deemed to be sustainable. The Parish Council also concerned about the six affordable houses which may not be appearing around this site of Oxley's Close. Can you see those little dotted on, if you look at the site layout, those little dotted houses up there? There's actually a development going, uh, I'll get my, uh, that's northwards, yes, going northwards. There are 16 houses that, uh, sorry, yes, yeah, 16 houses, I think, 13 or 16 houses that have been put in there. No, it has to be 14, doesn't it? Otherwise it would have come under the 15. Apologies, my fault. 14 houses have, put in there, have been put in there with no affordable housing. That was why this, this section came through with six affordable houses and seven market houses. It was put to us as being a balancing act. Thank you very much. Thank you, Councillor. Uh, Mr Brown, can you address for us, please, a couple of the questions there that arose? Thank you.
happened is it was a balancing act, trying to achieve, we couldn't have achieved 40% provision to build all the housing, but that's where we are. And all that information is going to that is not a decision that's been made today. Um, if there was any move to reduce the amount of affordable housing provision, although that is an appeal decision, it's not a member's decision, I think it's appropriate to bring that to committee as a, as a deep evaluation, should that be arose. But remember, there is a viability issue in terms of whether 6 out of 13 being provided on the site could be affordable housing. And that's a question that, that needs to be asked before moving through the process. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Councillor Hicks. Uh, Chairman, just a matter of procedure. Could I ask if Mr. Brown could be move his microphone a little closer to himself because I'm having difficulty hearing him. Apologies. Right. Comments or questions, councillors? Councillor Mills. Um, could Mr. Brown just explain exactly what he means by a balancing act? Is this being brought forward by the same developer and how is that working? It's a different developer but same landowner. And so originally we had a planning application, just 14, where there, at the time there was no requirement for any affordable housing for 14 dwellings. That's what we've always been suspicious for years and years and years about any applications for 14 dwellings, to be frank. So there was no affordable housing provided. The same landowner then brought forward this development. It's not that anything, neither of this is to do with the developers, it's the landowners. The landowner came forward with 13 houses. Now my view, when the two are read together, is the two sites between them should have contributed 40%. But obviously at that point, the other site had been sold on and this site had not been sold on, so we could only achieve affordable housing from this site. So that's why we've got six from this site. That's what we mean by balancing act in terms of trying to achieve what we, what we have. So if we were to approve this, we can make it perfectly clear that we would only approve it on the basis that six of them were affordable and it would come back to this committee if that was changed? That's exactly what you're doing. The outline planning permission says that six of these should be affordable housing. Any changes to that will have to come through this forum. Thank you. Thank you. Any further comments? Councillor Freeman. Thank you, Chairman. I am concerned uh, with the access to this site. Uh, the actual speed limit on that road is 60 miles an hour. Of course, that's Essex policy. Uh, and no, it's national policy. It's national policy. Uh, point is, it's not a 50 or 40 mile an hour limit, it's a 60 mile an hour limit by, de by default. And there's very little deceleration space there. Likewise, very little acceleration space and the, the lines of sight are not good. So I believe that that entrance should be improved, especially as has been pointed out, although this isn't necessarily a planning issue right now, there could be more development being fed through that entrance. So. On that single event alone, I think that the access off the, is it the Bishop Stortford Road? Uh, that, that should be made safer, considering the potential speed of traffic. Uh, just to comment on that, that uh, this has gone to Essex Highways. They've raised no objection. Obviously, it complies with the required sight lines for the uh, situation. Um, so I don't know where we go on that. I'm just looking at the conditions to see uh, because that would be a 278 agreement necessary to form that access. Um, and do, 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 do. have we got the footway? Have we got anything in about the highways works? I think you just said it in, the, in one stroke. It, mm. it will require a section 278 agreement between the developer and the county council for works 
to go onto the highway. And as a result of that, the actual form of the access, in terms of making that's a license issue, in terms mm. of ensuring that gives them the, by, by approving planning permission, you're in, in essence giving them consent to access onto the highway. How they do it, in terms of safety issues, is, is carried out in terms of the 278 procedure. Um, so there wouldn't be any conditions in there anyway, because that's a separate right. process. process. Okay. Okay, any further comments, questions? Councillor Hicks. Uh, Chairman, I uh, seem to remember being part of the committee that um, originally um, was responsible for refusing this application and which was subsequently a uh, decision which was overturned by an inspector and frankly uh, I n now um, think it should be approved and I would like to so propose. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Chambers, thank you very much. So, all those in favour of approval with. Do we alter any conditions? On this one? Uh, yes, sorry, we had on the supplementary uh, paper, didn't we? Thank you. Councillor Lachlan. Sorry, it does yeah. say in, in the papers that we would have supplementary reps, but we haven't had any. And I've just looked on the emails. No, we, well, the committee didn't actually get you them. You should have had those. Yeah, yeah. sorry, just so didn't. Yeah, when yeah. you were talking about it. Just, just <laughs> reading through them. There's Thank a, you. I should have mentioned it before. It's a. Am I right in saying, Chairman, that I had it on email? I had supplementary on email. I believe I saw them too. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. Councillor Freeman. Chairman. We haven't received, I haven't received the supplementary list. Well, uh, uh, the officer did mention them on his presentation. He, he, note, he noted in his presentation what the amendments to conditions were. Yeah, okay. I submit, Chairman, that we can't make a decision on the basis of evidence that's presented at this late stage. Can I, can I suggest that... Um, there has been, a, and I think Council Chambers, they were emailed out, but I think, I don't know if Council Chambers went back off the side of the point how you mentioned. There is seem to be, some people aren't getting them through their service because they were emailed, and I appreciate that. Um, for the benefit of this particular application, the, 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 the issue is the subject of the um, supplementary planning, of the supplementary representations with regard to the conditions. So I can actually go through those now in terms of clarifying what they are. And then maybe I could suggest for the rest of the supplementary stuff that we have maybe we have a, a comfort break after this particular issue and get a copy surrounded with apologies because they should have done. But the issue is because we had briefing this morning and supplement, the supplementary representations usually go out after briefing that usually happens on Monday. Because of the way things are falling this week, um, it will happen this morning. So apologies for that. So for the benefit of this particular application, the additional conditions were uh, no work shall take place into the detailed surface water drainage scheme from site based on sustainable drainage principles and assessment of the hydrological and hydro geological context of the development has been submitted to and approved in writing by the local planning authority and it's been carried out in those. No work shall take place into the scheme to minimise the risk of off-site flooding um, caused by uh, caused by surface water runoff and groundwater during construction work has been submitted to and approved in writing and carried out in accordance. And no work shall take place until the maintenance plan detailing the maintenance work. This is, these are quite standard conditions that usually quite come in from the County Council. No work shall take place until the maintenance plan detailing the maintenance arrangements, including who is responsible for different elements of the surface water drainage system. And condition four is the applicant or any successor entitled must maintain yearly logs of maintenance which should be carried out in accordance with the approved maintenance plan. And condition five is before development commences because of the sewer system that supports the development hereby permitted. So those were the additional conditions 
that, that the, uh, Mr. Rolada alluded to in his presentation. Fine, so we'll go back to the proposal <coughs> that we have and been seconded for approval subject to the additional conditions. So all those in favour, please show. And those again. Uh, no, sorry, sorry. One, sorry. two, three, four, five in favour. And those against? Three. And the abstentions? Two. Thank you. So that matter is approved. Thank you. And now we will have our five minute break so that members can uh, provide themselves comfort by reading <laughs> supplementary reps. As a matter of public safety, as a matter of public safety, Mr. Wilcock, that should not have been in this chamber, and I wasn't aware it was there until you spoke. And in future, please do not revert to any stunts like that. Thank you.
Okay, everybody's back in place. Thank you very much. Sorry about the delay. Our next item of business is application UTT 15-3145. It's an application for full planning consent at Elsnam. And again, Mr. Brown's going to deal with this matter for us. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, this is a one-issue application, one-issue submission in front of us. Um, members of again will be aware of the Davy Wilson Homes development on the site. Um, there was a requirement by way of a condition on the DFO which said that no development should take place until they carry out the highway improvements, which is basically the traffic calming which would have been happening on Stansted Road. Um, there are three things happening in Stansted Road at the same time. You've got the David Ho Wilson Homes development here, you've got the Chris Nicholson development opposite, and you have some Thames water work that needs to happen on the site. Um, the county have raised a problem in that they're not prepared to close the road twice, three times, whilst works are going on there. So at the moment we have potentially blocked sites whilst the county... I think that's a logical response by the county council not to block the roads. I think we've had issues in Saffron Warden and we don't really want that to happen in Elston. The road will be closed for works to be carried out and I think it's a once and for all situation that we want that to happen. Um, at the time where the county made that particular point, uh, the Crest Nicholson development, which members will recall we, we, we approved before... We, we, came to this committee in December and was the, the planning permission has now been issued with the 106 being completed. Um, that was stalling in terms of where it was going. Um, that is now coming forward. Uh, this site is now coming forward. And like it or not, the development is going to be happening in Elsdenham and we need to unblock these developments and allow them to happen. And that's all that what this condition is all about. Um, we've, alert, we've spoken about Section 278. Um, the developer needs to enter into Section 278 with the County Council as does Creston Nicholson, as does Thames Water, in terms of how those operations actually work, and they need to be coordinated. And, and in order for coordinated work, um, that's why there will be a delay in the traffic calming happening. It's of no fault whatsoever of the developer this is happening, and I would actually say it's no fault of the County Council either, in terms of it is actually trying to work together. And in terms of doing that, uh, we now the request is to vary the Condition 6 of the DFO to allow 50 dwellings to be occupied prior to um, that work being carried out. I wouldn't envisage it would actually take that long because obviously in terms of the allowing 50 to be occupied, um, that's early part of the process in terms of it happening. So, I mean, in terms of occupying with people are buying houses off plots, etc., um, it may happen to open the process. But this is a way of unblocking this site to allow it to happen in, in an orderly way and at the same time allow the council, the county to be able to properly coordinate all the works going on because we do accept the impact upon uh, residents of Elsham, especially the residents of, 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 of Stansted Road, are going to be affected by this development. So that's all this application is about. Um, one amendment to the, recommend, to the recommendation is that we need to um, change, to, we need to add um, uh, an extra requirement because obviously the 106, we are issuing a full planning permission to do with a development, so we still need to issue a further section 106 again, which covers all the matters that I've just raised regarding the provision of education contributions, provision of affordable housing, um, provision of the community facility, uh, as well as the management of Elsa Wood and all the other stuff that was actually covered. So it is recommended that 
the same recommendation but also subject to the to the what's called travelling the 106 to allow the, the the number to be put across into the same section 106 so it's covered not if we didn't do that then the section 106 would likely fall away so we're not going to do that so subject to that the application is recommended for approval chairman thank you mr brown there we have a couple of speakers you too early <laughs> Uh, to have a keen council. Right. Uh, the Parish Council, Councillor Peter Johnson. Thank you. Do you have three minutes, Councillor? Thank you, Chair. Members will have noted from the officer's appraisal that this variation of condition six has, in fact, as Mr. Brown said, been requested by Essex County Council Highways Authority in order to carry out the section. 278 highways works uh, in their words in order to minimize disruption and chaos caused by the works during the consultation period uh, prior to the determination of the planning application for this site highways as mentioned stipulated that the management scheme should be in place prior to the occupation of any dwelling and stated the reason being in the interests of highway safety it now appears that the Highways Authority regards the matter of highway safety as a marketable commodity and may be regarded as something that can be negotiable in the interests of convenience and most probably budgetary considerations. It appears incongruous that the Highway Authority can adopt two different positions regarding matters of highway safety for the same development site. The Elsenham Speedwatch team has monitored Stansted Road on a regular basis since 1988, sorry, uh, 2008, and has repeatedly logged vehicles travelling at speeds well in excess of the 30 mile an hour speed limit, and in some instances up to 65 miles an hour. An early introduction of a traffic management scheme can only help reduce vehicle speeding in the area close to this and the other nearby new development. The Parish Council in its written response to this application gave all of its reasons for objecting to the proposed variation and regards any delay in implementing the traffic management scheme as unacceptable particularly since the length of the delay in implementing the scheme cannot be quantified either by the developer David Wilson Holmes or by the Highways Authority who are the prime mover behind the proposal. The Parish Council requests that the application be refused on the grounds that the present sec condition 6 should be retained in the interests of maintaining highway safety. If, however, the committee is minded to consider granting permission for the variation, then the Parish Council requests that the number of occupied dwellings be reduced to a more realistic level in order to lessen the risks to road safety. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Johnson. And our other speaker is the agent, Sean Martin. And you have three minutes too. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman, and good afternoon. My name is Sean Martin. I'm the Senior Planner at David Wilson Homes. Members of the Planning Committee, the application before you seeks the Council's approval to amend Condition 6 of the Reserve Matters Permission, which relates to the traffic management works along Stansted Road. 
The amendment to the condition follows a request from Essex County Council to have a single road closure relating to the infrastructure improvements along Stansted Road. The current condition requires David Wilson Homes to complete the traffic management works prior to the occupation of the resident, first residential dwelling. The County Council requested that in order to ensure that all works on Stansted Road are carried out with as little disruption as possible, are seeking a combined road closure from both ourselves, Crest Nicholson and Thames Water. Both Crest Nicholson and Thames Water have been, all been delayed either being, being unable to get approval for their proposals, unable to develop their build programme or approved infrastructure design. All of these factors, factors have meant that there is no certainty when the road closure will be in place and when the works will start. The request from County Council and the other combining factors has resulted in us making this request. It, it makes it both impractical and unreasonable to comply with the wording of the current condition. We believe that the current uncertain, uncertainty timescales, delivery of the traffic management works will be completed prior to the 50th residential occupation. We therefore respectfully request that members support the amendment to the condition. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mr. Marson. Um, Chairman, can I just yes, come back Mr. on Brown. one comment? I mean, I'm not inviting you to do this, but um, it's just to clarify the situation, picking up what Mr. Johnson's just said in the parish, it is within your gift. Um, it, the 50 is what the applicants come back to us. It's our, it's our decision whether or not we want to vary the condition, remove the condition or vary it in a way that we feel fit. So the, the issue about the 50th dwelling is what the de developers come forward. I personally think that's a reasonable request, but if members feel that the request is fair enough, but maybe the number's not, the gift is within your gift to, to discuss that issue as well. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Right, okay, so over to you, councillors. Any questions, comments? Councillor Lodge? Thank you. Um, I rather presume that the uh, developer is making a, a significant profit from the whole site. The essence of this application is to um, effectively would cause the reduction of that profit and it's a trade-off between money and safety and in my mind I'm going to vote against this on the basis of road safety. Uh, Councillor Freeman, you had your hand up. Yes, thank you Chairman. I'm always very concerned about um, changing numbers of houses uh, and I would remind the committee of our experience at Great Dunmow and Woodlands Park uh, where there was a, essentially a relief road which didn't have to come on stream until a certain number of houses had been built and it took a very long time for that certain number of houses to be built I think from memory about 10, 12, I don't know 20, 20 years, thank you 22. 22 years, any advance on 22 years and there's an example of what happens when you allow well, it's a question of writing the conditions and the, the, the box in, in which a developer has to operate. And so I, am, too, am opposed to changing this. Um, obviously, I wasn't party to the original application, but I'm always nervous of uh, these uh, latitudes being abused, basically, and, being, uh, and, and it's an issue of road safety as well. This particular road has a lot of stress on it, and I think that... Um, uh, the business of improving roads retrospectively is, is not a good principle. I think we need to do it much earlier in the process, so I shall also vote against this. Thank you. Uh, any other councillors? Right. Um, uh, in my opinion, um, the difference between, say, 25 occupations, I'll come to you, Councillor Mills, in a moment, um, and 50 on a site of this size which we faced, I would think is a very short period of time. So 
um, I would suggest that you're either looking at zero or 50 as the applicant has requested. I don't think any number in between would make much more than a very marginal difference in the time. You have to bear in mind the animal you're dealing with here is Essex County Council Highways. They are not the most uh, proactive uh, organisation that we come across. Um, I think to give them sufficient time as there are other developers and a utility involved in this as well and the utility companies again um, are prone to working at their own pace. Um, they're not commercial activity in the infrastructure business but they are in the revenue collection business. Um, so uh, my view is I would support the, uh, the change to 50 because I believe that gives all parties a reasonable additional window in which to get the matter finally concluded because if, if you do have when that road is closed for roadworks there is going to be um, knock-on effects from that and if you can avoid that continual knock-on effect by just doing it once then so much the better. Councillor Mills. Uh, yes, I'm in agreement with you, Mr Chairman. Um, the only thing I would say is, is this was not necessarily a requirement brought forward by the developer what was instigated by Essex County Council. And secondly, I would not be uh, interested in seeing any further application come forward in future whereby the 50 got varied upwards. So therefore, I'd like to be assured that um, David Wilson will continue the build-out and we don't get stuck at that sort of 50 again, which is what's happened on other developments. So uh, I'm also uh, mindful to approve and would therefore propose this uh, application. Fine, thank you. Does that find a second? That does. Councillor Davey. So we'll go to the vote on the basis that we have a recommendation to uh, a proposal to adopt the recommendation for approval of varying condition 6 to the complete to the occupation is it occupation or completion? Occupation of the 50th dwelling on the site. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six. And those against? One, two, three, four. And that matter is approved. Thank you. The next item on our agenda is application UTT15-3494. It's an application for full planning consent at Henham, and Mrs Jones will take us through the application. Thank you. Uh, this application relates to a site that is a former railway goods yard to the north of Elsenham station. The principle of change of use to provide residential development comprising of 10 detached dwellings was considered acceptable by the Planning Inspectorate and allowed on appeal in 2014. This application seeks a design change in respect to removing the PV panels from the roofs of the proposed dwellings. The changes are minor in nature and are considered to be acceptable and as such the recommendation is for conditional approval. Thank you. We have no speakers, so it's straight open to members. Any comments? Councillor Freeman? Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, the applicant's case is that an air source heat pump will be used as a renewable energy source for better carbon dioxide reduction, which, frankly, Chairman, is just untrue. 
there is no carbon dioxide reduction in Britain available from using an air source heat pump. And the reason why, Chairman, is that a kilowatt hour of electricity releases 485 grams of carbon dioxide in this country. Of course, we burn quite a lot of coal to make our electricity. And you can burn gas, methane, and a kilowatt hour, or a kilowatt of heat from gas, burning gas, releases 185 grams of carbon dioxide. In other words, Chairman, there is no efficiency to be gained by using an air source heat pump for heating, which is why we don't do it in this country. Works in Sweden, works in Norway, where the electricity is very low in its carbon requirement, carbon footprint, doesn't work here. Um, now, the only case where it would work here is if there's no gas on that site. Do we know whether there is gas on that site? Mains gas, I mean. Do we have an answer to that? There is no gas. Okay, in that case, there's a better case, but it's still not a good one. Of course, the coefficient of performance for heat pumps is never much more than two, and you need to make it better than three to balance out electricity. So, actually, the arguments just don't stack up. I'm sorry. The applicant's case is invalid. Right, any further comments uh, from the non-technical side of, of the committee? Councillor Lachlan? Thank you. Well, now we've been blinded by science, and I can't possibly give any answer because I haven't got a clue, as I suspect many others around here. What I do know is that not everybody likes these PV panels, and if they want them removed, I actually can't see a reason why they shouldn't be. I can't argue for a more efficient... Um, heat source pumps or you know whatever so um, I haven't got a problem with this I'm going to ask Mr Brown to uh, take a line on this for us of advice um, because um, it's to do with <coughs> our policy if we have one okay. Mr Brown okay. the, the issue here is and, and Does that help in your uh, consideration, Councillor Well, Freeman? If I may, Chairman, um, yes, cer certainly uh, the applicant's case then is, is not a case because it's got nothing to do with heat pumps, uh, but it would be very satisfactory to leave the requirement for solar panels. They, they don't eat anything and they do reduce the carbon footprint of the overall 
um, the overall development. Uh, there is very little to hate, especially on a brownfield site such as this. So I'm mindful to say no. If the original consent mentioned solar panels, then they should stay. The original consent, I don't believe, does mention all that happens is the, the inspector, and there's two sets of inspectors, some inspectors who list all the plans to do with the planning application, others that don't. Um, this particular inspector listed all the plans and said it should be carried out in accordance with those plans, and one of those plans was the roof plan which showed the PVs. So there is, it's not mentioned in the application, it wasn't put forward as a, as a green proposal or anything like that, it was just happened to be covered in terms of a condition, which means that's why they, they put in what is the change. Any further comments, councillors? Okay, we, I will propose from the chair that um, we accept the recommendation to approve the emission of PV panels from the roofs. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Free, uh, Councillor Chambers. Thank you very much. So we we'll go to the vote on that. Then, please, all those in favour? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And against? One. Thank you. That matter is approved. Thank you. The next item on our agenda is application UTT 15-3562. It's an outline planning consent at Wendon's AMBO. And again, Mr Brown, that's one for you. Thank you. Could I say that Mr Hibbs is uh, known to me as the uh, agent? Thank you. And... And... And all around the table, there's four people <laughs> admit to knowing Mr. Gibbs. Know Mr. Gibbs. <laughs> I think I could put my hand up for that one. <laughs> okay, but none of us work for Mr. Gibbs, are related to Mr. Gibbs, or have any pecuniary interest in the matter. Thank you very much. What are you? Fair Thank you, Chairman. Uh, members will be familiar with this particular site. It's an application site that, we, that, we, that this committee visited some months back and refused an against officer recommendation. One piece of housekeeping is, again, the, the clause is within the section 106 on page 112. It's a substitution of the Assistant Director of Planning and Building Control for the um, Director of Public Services in, in the clauses 2 and little one, that should be a three actually, not a, not a one, but anyway, the clauses, the reference should change there. Um, members will recall that this is a site um, adjacent to the, the railway station, Audley End railway station, and the one change that's happened here, well the two major changes, members will recall, originally it was a scheme for 12 dwellings, um, with part, one of the dwellings being here, which required the partial demolition of some part of Neville House. Uh, which members um, had concerns with that and sort of implied overdevelopment of the site as well in order if you need to demolish something to get something in then it implies overdevelopment. Um, they've, re they've listened to us and have come back with a proposal for 11. Um, members also will recall there's less detail and that's something that the parish council has raised here. Um, I think the there was too much detail on the previous application because what members were seeing was what was a nominal layout of the proposal. All they are proposing is within this area here that we would have 11 dwellings, and that's what they are proposing. 
And, and so that's all that members need to worry about at this particular stage, because the devil will be in the detail when we go to the next stage when it comes forward, because what members will see, and we're, we're looking at amenity spaces, whether that would work, whether or not, how that would sit within the, what is a, a communal area here, how that would fit with that. So what the applicant has done now is removed the notional layout, and, and it is, literally is, can we have 11 dwellings on this particular site? It does accord... Uh, it is considered a sustainable loca location and there is adequate parking within the site and there is an adequate space within it for a development to come forward with, with appropriate amenity space and, that's, and I think and it will relieve Neville House in its present form there wouldn't be any loss of B1 use on that particular site. I think they've responded to members' response and officers have recommended approval for this application, Chairman. Thank you, Mr Brown. We have one speaker and that is, I believe you're the clerk for... You're just, I do apologise. The Chairman of uh, the Local Parish Council, Councillor Grant. Thank you. You've got three minutes. Uh, I'm Isabel Grant. Um, the Parish Council, at this point in time, does not object to the concept of residential development on this site. This application allows for up to 11 units and is more satisfactory than previous applications for a larger number of dwellings. However, we cannot form an opinion or constructively comment on this particular application as there is so little detail. The Parish Council reserves the right to re-examine its view should there be further details which are perceived to be overdevelopment of this area or development that would lead to a poor quality of life for residents. And we'd also be grateful for the fact that Neville House is to remain intact. Thank you very much. Thank you, Councillor. Yes, um, from my point of view, I totally agree with that uh, comment that um, we were quite critical, or some of the members were quite critical of the proposed layout before. Um, and uh, um, it will get scrutinised quite closely when it, if we approve this and if, when it comes back as a detailed application. Right, any comments, uh, Councillors? Councillor Lodge. Thank you. Is uh, 19 spaces for 11 dwellings, is that really adequate? Um, there, is, um, there is a case to be made that as it's so closely located to the railway station, you can reduce the amount of car parking space. I think that's within the Essex guidelines somewhere along the road. So um, I'll look you to think? Mr Brown for some advice it, on that. It depends. First of all, it depends upon, again, the car parking is notional as well. That just shows you get 19 spaces in there. <laughs> I mean, you, pro you probably could get 20 spaces in there you, if, the, if, there's less than 11, if there's less than 11 proposed. 19 could cover a suitable mix of dwellings, of, of up to 11 dwellings. So that's the first point. And the second point is, yes, what Councillor Range has just said is that, bearing in mind we're adjacent to a railway station, we could consider an application should there be a, a reduced amount of car parking spaces. But, yeah, the answer to your question is 19 could be enough for 11 dwellings. Depending on the mix, depending on what the mix we may see, but more than 19 could be also provided. Okay, any further comments? So I'll propose from the chair then that we accept the recommendation for approval. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Riles, thank you. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Thank you, that matter is approved, and we look forward to the detailed application. The next item on the agenda is application UTT stroke 153267, an outline planning consent again in Wendland Zambo, and Mrs Stevenson will take us through this one. Thank you.
Thank you, Chair. Members will be aware that this application was deferred at January's committee so that the applicant could address members' concerns regarding the proposed parking provision. Uh, the proposed parking provision is no longer tandem but parallel and is in accordance with the adopted Uttlesford parking standards. The proposal is considered to be acceptable in accordance with the relevant Uttlesford local plan policies and is recommended for approval subject to conditions. Thank you, Mr Stevenson. And again, we have uh, the Chairman of the Parish Council, Councillor Grant. Um, the Wendell Zamba Parish Council have reviewed the latest version of this planning application. It is accepted that the latest version has addressed, in part, the potential parking problem. However, the Parish Council still believes that there are many problematic issues which will arise should this application be permitted. The parking arrangements, whilst improved, still represent a safety hazard. This can be confirmed by the fact that a member of this planning committee was very close to becoming an accident victim during the site visit in January. This application uh, does not revert to the development of a sustainable dwelling as the amenity value of existing neighbours will be reduced as they will have a major part of their gardens removed. This is contrary to the definition of sustainability. The Parish Council objects strongly to the sale of this land as the monies obtained will disappear into a central fund and effectively disappear. Given that this committee will, will override our objections and grant this application, the Parish Council requests that a portion of the monies obtained should be diverted into resolving the existing parking issues in the area owned by UDC. This area is at the south side of Station Road at the rear of numbers 2 to 20. It should also be specifically highlighted that during the construction period, there is no available parking for contractors' vehicles in Station Road and there is certainly no parking on the verges of Station Road. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Grant. Uh, okay, members, any questions or queries? Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I notice on the subreps that um, the um, ECC Ecology has said that um, I note that the hedgerows identified as H3 and H4 in the ecological assessment accompanying the outline application as stated as retained do not appear on the layout plan etc etc and they want to know why eagle-eyes um, that is the Elsenham there's a, that's a typo that should be on no, the no, Elsenham that, that, I, I know it says Wendon Zambo but it's oh, well, that, of course everybody knows that don't they <laughs> it, it says Wendon Zambo but it's actually Elsenham is that no, what no, you're saying it's Walpole Farm Oh, so does that mean everything else is wrong or going back? No. 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 <laughs> right. Well, there we are then. That's a cut and paste. Of course, we do understand issue. double dutch on this committee, so there you go. Yeah, okay, let's not go down there. Um, right. Okay, and yeah, Councillor Chambers. Thank you. Mr Chairman, I, I'd just like to make a point on this. I, I understand entirely what Wendon Zambo Parish Council is saying, and indeed the um, residents of Wend and Sambo. It does seem to me that we have, looking to the future, where we are likely to have a lot more houses in Uttlesford, as indeed in every other district in the country, country, that when we do actually sell something like this, or if it's possible at any time to help local rural communities, then we should, I think, attempt to change our policy somehow to be able to do that. Now, perhaps I can be very rude and say that there is a scheme being proposed in Crystal, in my patch as well, where 
the government have changed the rules and in actual fact um, a housing association is not now getting the grant. The district council I hope will be helping with this scheme. Now with regard to this I, I realise we are selling an asset and putting the money back into uh, more development, sustainable development, or whatever, affordable development, whatever you like to call it. But in the case of somewhere like Wend and Zambo, where they have had a lot of houses, I think it, it is we should be looking at, and this is purely a policy issue, and I'll have to raise it somewhere else, at giving some money towards um, creating more affordable houses for village people, as indeed I'm a village person. Thank you, sir. Yes, Councillor Chambers, I appreciate your comment there and uh, picking up on Councillor Grant's comment that she made about the parking issues in the parking area behind the station road properties, that's something that I will take up with the portfolio holder for housing and the uh, housing department because if there is an issue there, it certainly needs to be addressed and uh, this money from the sale of this is ring-fenced within the um, housing revenue account. So if there's an issue there that some of this money can uh, deal with, then, then it should be so. Okay, any further comments, Councillor Mills? Just one clarification. The blue border shown, is that land in the ownership of UDC for council property? That is correct. So the parking area that's shown there is all owned by UDC? That is so. And all of those garages are used for those properties? Uh, I can't swear to that, and I don't think anybody here can agree that. We don't know. Okay. Are we quite happy that by developing this, we're not missing the opportunity of developing something better in future that would give a better return for the council? Please. That question has been asked of the housing department, and the answer to that is this is not prejudicing any, any, any other development that could happen on the site. Again, looking at that, there was, you look at that, is, is there going to be other development opportunities here? And there aren't. There's, no. Although everything's within his ownership, there's all sorts of things regarding the garages that, that does complicate the matters in terms of bringing it forward. So mm. We call it a garage site. It's, it hasn't got that potential, unfortunately. You, you'll see from the plan that the blue line wraps around number one. So number one is in private ownership, and I would hazard a guess there's private ownership within the garage block as well, although that is in blue, so I'm not quite sure if that is, is true. But yeah, there were, there were, the council's housing department has looked at all their garage sites and large garden sites and identified those that are possibilities for um, adjustment. Um, tenants are coming into properties where gardens um, are over large and there is a possibility take the tenancy on the basis that some of the garden will go in some date in the future. Um, this one to my knowledge the garage site hasn't come forward it, it looks a very tight site and there's nothing that could be done there so we are taking advantage of what is available now and potentially in the future as well. Okay any other comments? No. So uh, Councillor Hicks. And just to propose approval, Chairman. Thank you very much. Does that find a seconder? Uh, Councillor Chambers, thank you. Oh, yes, you in, may speak again, certainly. In seconding that, Mr Chairman, can I thank you for your remarks, because I think if the parking thing were to be sorted out, um, which hopefully you'll be able to look at, I won't promise anything, uh, then that would be most helpful and I think would be acceptable, reluctantly, to the Paris Council. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Mr Chairman, but I'll second
Thank you very much. I mean, it's, um, I'm not sure who the local member is there, but... Um, that, that, oh, it's you. <laughs> right. We'll draw that attention to the local member and make sure he exerts pressure in the, in the appropriate places as well. And, oh, right, OK, so right on your... Yeah, nothing, nothing like having it on your own doorstep. Fine, thank you. OK, so uh, we have a proposal on the second there, so all, all those in favour of approval, please show. And those against? One, two. Two. Thank you. That matter is approved. Thank you. Our next application is UTT 15-3229. It's an application for full planning consent at Langley. And once again, Mr Brown is off his seat and moving over. Thank you, Chairman. Um, this is an application for um, a solar installation um, It's not as complicated as it looks. What we have here is a, a listed building here, Want Cottage, and this land falls away from, from the listed building. And for want of a better word, this is bottom meadow, I would sort of say. It's the very bottom part of the site. It falls well away from the proposal. And the proposal is for some photovoltaic solar installation comprising 600 solar panels in this land here. Um, that sort of sums it up quite nicely in terms of work. What this doesn't show is the, is the fall of the land away from the site. Um, this does. <laughs> um, that's probably the best photograph, actually. This is walking, if you walk down from the, from the listed building down to about, that's the gate here, in terms of where you're going, and then you go down further down in terms of proposals. And there are some demonstration arrays that are sitting there as well. Um, the one issue that we've got here is that we have an objection from the Council's Conservation Officer who feels that this would have a, an undue impact upon the listed building. Uh, planning officers disagree with that. Uh, we feel that the, because of the, the where that is positioned and the listed building is further up the hill and in it, it, it won't affect the setting of the listed building. The primary consideration is how this would sit in the, in the landscape when viewed around the landscape and the landscape impact of the proposal. And the, the, um, the officer's report clearly goes through all the considerations in terms of how it sits within the landscape. And it is not considered it was caused any harm to the setting, in, both in terms of the landscape setting of the proposal, and as such it wouldn't affect the setting of this building. So the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. Thank you, Mr Brown. And we have uh, two speakers, and the first of those is District Councillor, Councillor Oliver. And you have five minutes, Councillor. Thank you, Chairman. Obviously, the debate is going to be about the setting. Now, in paragraph A, there is this debate as to the balance between green energy and the harm to the countryside, which is contrary to section 7 in the local plan. However, we know that under ENV 15, 
the Council will allow relatively small-scale developments serving single or small groups of dwellings and or, and or of businesses. This is hardly such a development, since in paragraph 3.1 it is stated that it will generate 150 kilowatts, and in the applicant's planning statement, paragraph 3.5, that 3% is for local use, and 97% will be sold to the national grid hardly for local use. It's also been noted in paragraph 10.4, we are informed that a similar scheme has been allowed that also produces 150 kilowatts, and that is enough to provide electricity for 42 houses. Thus, it seems to be a commercial undertaking in the countryside for commercial benefit contrary to section 7. Then there is this also interesting statement in the situation on the one hand, we have a powerful and authoritative report from the Specialist Conservation Officer, which basically says, and you can see it on page 131 at the bottom there, that she accepts there would be a degree of benefit arising from the production of the renewable energy, the surplus of which would be exported to the national grid. She does not consider the level of harm arising from the scheme upon the, the setting and its significance of the heritage asset would be outweighed and therefore the policy would be contra contrary to, to policy ENV2 of the Arthelsford Local Plan and the relevant paragraphs of NPPF 2012. Therefore she is unable to accept the application. Further, I would remind the committee that under section 66 of the Planning Listed Buildings and Conservation Areas Act 1990, which is headed General Duty in Respect of listed buildings in exercise of planning functions, subsection 1 reads as follows. In considering whether to grant planning permission for a development which affects a listed building and its settings, the local planning authority, or as the case may be, the Secretary of State, shall have special regard, underline special regard, to the desirability of preserving the building or its setting or any features of special architectural or historic interests which it possesses. Thus, given the conclusion of the, cons the Conservation Officer's report as to the level of harm arising from the scheme upon the setting and the significance of the heritage asset, the ref refusal of this application is the only basis which, I was, which the Committee can discharge, which can discharge its statutory duty to to pay special regard to the desirability of preserving the setting and significance of the heritage asset, Want Cottage. Thus, the committee has a binding legal duty to pay special regard to the desirability of preserving the building or its setting. Put, put simply, in a case of doubt, not that the conservation officer was in any doubt, the preservation of the setting of the building should be given the benefit of the doubt. It's a great pity that the case officer accepts that, accepts that there will be harm to the setting, has failed to draw attention to the Council's binding and legal duty to pay special regard to the building or its setting. And just in passing, very noticeable that in Clavering recently we had a large planning application turned down and one of the reasons was the setting of a historic building. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Oliver. And the other speaker we have is the applicant, Mr. Bill Bampton. 
Do you have five minutes, Mr. B uh, sorry, three minutes, Mr. Bampton? Thank you. Um, I'm Bill Bampton, and several of you will know that I attend these meetings regularly on behalf of Pelham Structures. Um, I'm here today in, personal, in a personal capacity um, for something that is very important to me. Um, I've been increasingly conscious and aware that I think there's every likelihood that the planet's actually doomed if we don't collectively do something about global warming. And it seems that everybody, or an awful lot of people, think it's down to someone else to do, where I think it's down to all of us to do. And that's the primary reason why I want to put these solar panels in. I basically want to practice what I preach. Um, what I'm trying to achieve is um, something that's incredibly efficient. We have three-phase power cables running down the side of the site which will take this supply. Um, I have a large um, and quite energy um, expensive property to heat. Um, I want to produce my own energy to run the house. I want to run an electric van, an electric car, um, generated the electricity in my paddock, which is an underused piece of land, incredibly well screened. Um, the surplus electricity, which there will be a lot of in the summer and somewhat less in the winter months, goes directly into the grid and will indirectly feed my neighbours' houses and the, and the village in the most efficient way because there's a lot of distribution losses with electricity. If you use it close to where it's generated, it's very efficient. Um, the site is incredibly well screened at the moment, but we, we intend to put further hedges and screening in. Um, regarding the listed building, I can only describe it um, affecting it, to be honest, as nonsense. It's over 150 metres away. With the additional screening, there will be no vantage point where you can see both the solar panels and the um, building together. Um, and I ask the committee to approve this scheme. Um, if they have any reservations about it, I would ask them to defer so that they can actually do a site visit and see how well screened um, and unobtrusive the site is. And in fact, I could clearly demonstrate that it's less obtrusive than any other solar scheme that you've granted in your district. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bampton. Fine. Uh, questions, comments, councillors? Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I did like the photo, which showed four solar panels. I think we're looking at 600 here. Yeah. So, you know, that's not much difference, I know. Um, but EMV2 does say development affecting a listed building should be in keeping with scale, character and surroundings. And I do think that surroundings is the key word here. 600 panels is quite a lot. I'm sure you don't need 600 to run a, a van and a house. Uh, even your neighbour's house. It does seem rather a lot. Um, but, I, you know, to give the benefit of the doubt, I'm quite happy to propose a site visit. If that doesn't happen, then I can't vote for this. Um, so I don't know what other members feel about that. But I do know that the Conservation Officer was moved enough to write six paragraphs against this. And I have never known that in all the time that I've been on the Planning Committee. I mean, that, she feels quite strongly about it. And I, she is one of our officers, so I think we ought to be taking note. Now, I've got, had two hands go up almost simultaneously. 
without committing myself to anything, are either of you going to propose a deferment? You were, right. Okay, so I'm going to go to Councillor Freeman first because I want to see if there's any issues he wants to raise before we talk about any possible deferment. Councillor Freeman. Well, thank you, Chairman. I, I would think a deferment, a site visit, would be a good thing. Um, having said that, I mean, solar panels don't eat anything. Uh, they don't make any noise. They don't produce any pollution. Um, and like many things, you get used to looking at them after a while. This listed building has probably been there for two or three hundred years. It's probably going to be there for another hundred years or so, by which time solar panels would have moved on. People would be using other things. So we're looking at something that's temporary, and it is in the countryside. And think of solar power as simply another crop. That would be my point. It's like growing a crop, except it's called electricity. Indeed, it is. I mean, the area under a solar panel farms that we've um, yeah, 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 um, approved in the past um, have been used for livestock and all other things. I'll go to Councillor Riles now. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Hi, I'm not so sure the case has actually been made that there has been significant global warming because there's all sorts of evidence backwards and forwards about this. So I wouldn't have thought that's one of the... Uh, you know, a, a philosophical or whatever the right expression is, reason for approving this. Um, I, like my fellow councillor here, uh, Councillor Loughran, I think that's a huge amount of panels because they're usually about, uh, about a metre and a half by about two, one, one and a half, so there's a big old area being covered. Um, I also am particularly sensitive about listed buildings um, and they should be preserved because they're only here once. Um, and all I can think really is that there's more about income generation here uh, rather than looking after my neighbours and powering a van and uh, the, 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 the actual demand that would be on the site. So I think a deferment at least um, and also a site visit. Is there anybody else who wants to make a comment before Councillor Chambers was first then Councillor Mills? Mr Chairman, um, <clears throat> Langley was part of God's Little Acre at one time. Unfortunately, it's decided to go off in a different direction, but that's entirely up to them. Um, I have to say, I, I have to declare an interest in, I do know Mr Bampton reasonably well. I have no financial connection with Mr Bampton whatsoever, so uh, it is a non-pecuniary um, interest. But having said that, if you look where the Want Cottage is... And I totally agree that if you want to go and have a look, I think that's the best idea because uh, it, it really it does not detract one iota from that uh, listed building. If it did, then I would be dead against it. I don't like solar panels. I don't like windmills. Uh, I'm very antisocial like that. But if you have something that's not going to interfere with anybody and it's far enough away from that, it will not show, provided that the hedge put is put in and done properly, the screening, hardly anybody will see it, even though there's 600 panels. Uh, and all I would say, say is that this committee has been addressed by Mr Bampton on lots of occasions with regard to uh, ecosystems, call it whatever you like, green issues. He is trying to practice what he preaches, yeah. but that we have a site visit, I, if, if uh, you propose... Uh, no one's proposed it yet, thank you. I'll propose... No, no one's proposed I it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring, I want to bring Councillor Mills in, please. 
know, I know where this is going, but I want to bring Councillor Mills. I want to bring Councillor Mills in, please. Thank you, Mr. Thank you. Chairman. Um, I'm completely in agreement with Mr. Chambers here, um, in as much as that uh, I find this stretching of the curtilage of a listed building to be a little bit ridiculous when it's 150 metres away. I think this is, if this is sufficiently screened, I think it would have no effect on the listed buildings whatsoever. And I just find the fact that Mr. Bampton should be supported in as much as it's a financial risk for him taking on this sort of thing, as well as it is to his betterment. So um, I think people like this should be supported. I think this council should support this type of energy generation. I think it's part of our policies. And I think we shouldn't let perhaps certain old-fashioned ideas get in our way of this. So thank you very much. Thank you. Right, I think we've had a fair... A uh, fair expression of some thoughts on this. So, Councillor Fairbrass, you wanted to say something? Press again. Press again. Use the one next no, to There you go. Okay. Uh, Mr Chairman, I'd like to propose um, a deferment for a site visit. And just on that point, to say that I've seen um, solar fields of two and 3,000 uh, units being yep. so well screened that you can't see them from any distance. No, we, it really is, is down we'll, to screen. We'll take the first part of your statement, uh, pr proposal for deferment. Does that find the uh, seconder? Councillor Chambers, thank you. So we'll go to the vote. All those in favour of deferment for the purposes of a site visit to ascertain whether the uh, impact on the listed building is detrimental. All those in favour? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Against? Two. Fine. So that matter is deferred for a site visit in order to assess the impact on the listed building. Thank you. Could I say thank you very much, but if, you, if it's wet, could you bring your wellies? <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, Mr Chairman, should I have declared an interest because I live in a windmill? I haven't seen the sales turn on your windmill in many a year. <laughs> right. Uh, right, come on, sensible, it's getting the end of the day. Uh, the next application is UTT 15-3774. It's a householder um, application in Wimbish, and Mrs Shoesmith will describe it to us. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, the application site um, stated is uh, a cottage in Lower Green in Wimbish. It's a two-storey semi-detached cottage. The application is for a two-storey side extension and single-storey rear extension with a, well, it says additional garage. It's actually a replacement garage. Um, this is the existing ground floor, um, as you can see. Um, this is the current main entrance into the site. Uh, with a porch which is currently existing on the property, access taken from the front road here, um, and that's the um, first floor view. It's proposed that a two-storey extension is placed here on the property with a single-storey rear at the back here. Um, this is, again, the rearrangement of the first floor as a result of the two-storey extension, which would um, see the bathroom going upstairs and the extension of bedroom two. 
Um, this is the block plan. Currently there is, and I'll show you a picture of, um, a single garage here with a shed at the front. The, um, as you come into the property, this is where the two-storey would be, which would be, which would mirror image um, roughly what is existing on the adjoining cottage um, to the north here. So that's what's existing at the moment in terms of a garage and a shed, um, and they're proposing to demolish that and, and um, create a double um, garage. Again, this is the view, the current view of the existing property, and that's what is proposed, a subordinate two-storey side extension and single-storey rear extension here. All windows are proposed to the flank of the two-storey, so there's no overlooking of the properties to the rear. Um, this is to give you an idea of what the site looks like at the moment. So the single-storey would be here and the two-storey here. And that's the view from the front. As you can see, that's the, um, the existing garage and shed, which will be replaced by the um, double garage. Um, no issues regarding design, amenity, no objections have been raised, therefore um, it's been proposed for approval. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Shoesmith. Um, we have no speakers, so members, we've got Councillor Lodge first. Simple declaration that the agent is well known to me. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Chambers. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Mills, thank you. Um, any further comments, discussion, points? Okay, all, let's vote then. All those in favour of approval, please show. Unanimous. Thank you. That matter is approved. Chairman, I'm afraid I need to leave, so... Councillor Freeman, that's, that's fine. Thank you very much. Councillor Freeman is leaving the meeting. <coughs> Now moving on, the next item on the agenda is a review of appeal decisions and Mr Brown you have some words of apology. comfort, oh apology. Apology first of all, first of all I don't know what happened here. Um,
Any questions for Mr Brown? Councillor Mills. I've just got one quick one, and I think that I should have perhaps brought it up under PC 38, which is on page 5. Um, I now understand that the Section 106 agreement has been reached on the Felsted um, development down at the old uh, brewery. Yeah, that comes, that comes in the next item of business. Oh, does it? Oh, yes. All right. I'm sorry I've jumped the gun. That's quite all right. Don't worry. Councillor Loughlin? Thank you. Well, uh, it's not on this list, but I did notice on an email the site at Henham for the uh, traveller uh, uh, site. Do you remember? Hill. Uh, well, there was a subject of an enforcement order as well, so the appeal has now been put off. Do you know why that is? Well, no, the, the decision has been co-joined. Obviously, we've got a... Uh, the decision made by committee to refuse planning permission for the, the gypsy site, which I know two members in this room are actually involved in that particular one, but at the same time we serve an enforcement notice regarding the lighting, which is very, very nasty, to be actually honest. Because we serve an enforcement notice, the inspectors done what they don't usually do, but what they should do is co-join the two. So we're actually, so the hearing will be considered the enforcement, for which we will you know, we are going to be supporting members of that particular hearing, but in terms of the enforcement, we'll actually take the lead on it in terms of how that will actually work. But that's, <coughs> that's the reason why it's knocked down the line a bit, because the enforcement inspectors are also there. But that won't prejudice his appeal, will it? Not at all. Oh, because I would like to think that it wasn't a fair, fair hearing, if you like, no, with, the, with them both going on at the same time. I would okay. actually add that maybe the, the lights are not a necessity as part of the traveller's site, although he's claiming that. Um, so I, I think it's, a, it's, it's something that needs to be sorted out at the same time. We're aware as we do it at the same time in the same respect. But neither, neither side is going to be prejudiced. Fine, no further questions. Thank you, Mr Brown. Then we'll move on to the next item, which is planning agreements. Are there any questions arising from the table there that you need to get an answer from? So, yes, uh, the, the um, item seven is the former Ridley's Brewery site, and that agreement's been sealed. So that's that will drop off the list now. Yeah, but just to say um, congratulations to Councillor Lodge and yourself, because the outcomes are much better for the council. So well done. I should, I should add, it, it is a committed decision. Yes. Agreed. I have one question, um, and it relates to something that Councillor Hicks brought up um, earlier on. He had an inquiry from a, a resident on the um, Smith's Farm agreement. Uh, uh, Mrs. Oliver, um, is that one done with? That's the um, Smith's Farm Hoblongs Junction. That was completed ages ago. That's completed ages yeah. ago. So we are uh, in. The so long ago, I actually can't yeah. remember yeah, when it was. It is back. <laughs> so the situation on that then is that it's on the highways 278 sort the, of program. The, the, the current hold up on Smith Farm, and Council Hicks asked me this question. Oh, we did. Today. Sorry. The okay. issue is the hold up seems to be that it's all that it's different landowners on the particular site, so there's them getting together to get them sort of sorted out. So it's no fault of any any authority, either county or us, this time in terms of holding things up. That's just for the landowners getting themselves together. Fine, thank you very much. No further comments, and I'm going to close the meeting at 22 minutes past four.